You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We may live over 5,000 miles from Lincoln Financial Field, but what we lack in proximity, we make up for in the film study. And each and every week, we will bring, be bringing you in-depth film breakdowns from across the pond and the Sooner State. Welcome to On the Shane Page. I am your host, Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter at ShaneHalfNFL. I am joined by BGN's own Johnny Page. Give him the follow on Twitter at JohnnyPage9. Johnny, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. I've been battling some demons this week, Shane, because it's been a strange old time because I, I really enjoyed watching the Cowboys play football. And that's a very strange sentiment. I, I feel very strange. I feel a bit weird. So um, I've actually had some time this weekend, which was nice because I, I have watched a lot more Helen Moore film than I thought. So I was saying to you off air before, like, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to this one because I feel very prepared. Um, to be honest, probably the most I've watched of a coach in a while. I was just quite intrigued by the Kelly Moore hire because I don't know why it was one that sort of, I wasn't. I didn't really know a lot about him. I just know that some people really liked him, some people didn't. And the fact he got fired, even though they were really good, made it a bit strange. Um, and I watched a lot of Cowboys offense, and I watched a lot of Chargers offense, and I did not enjoy watching the Chargers offense. And we'll get into why in the pod. And I and I really enjoyed the Cowboys offense. Um, so when you see like Dak Prescott as like QB three in my rankings preseason, I'm I'm, I'm all in on the Cowboys. CD Lamb, uh, absolute start. Like that offense was fun. So people are going to hate me. I'm going to try not to say positive things about the Cowboys and trying to talk about the coach. Um, it was a really good offense, so it's really strange. I've got my one of my best friends here as a Cowboys fan, and he just keeps texting me like, you enjoyed that? And I was like, I did. Um, but yeah, the good thing was it was more than a year ago, so I think like, I'm allowed. I can distance myself, and not. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I have to say, I have to put it out in the podcast early on. Um, if you want to go and watch Kelly Moorefield, it is quite fun watching that Cowboys offense. Yeah, I mean, who knew that it could be fun to watch an offense where there was motion and guys were schemed open? and. Uh, I saw, I quote tweeted your thread and one of my followers said they were really confused because there were guys moving before the snap all the time. And I said, yeah, that's a cutting, that's a new cutting edge thing called motion. Uh, it's slowly making its way into the NFL. So uh, Eagles fans will enjoy it. Uh, Johnny has a thread up on Twitter that's got 26 clips in it. Uh, he's going to use those for a couple of articles. We're going to be using them on the podcast as well. As always, if you were listening on an audio platform, uh, we will try to talk about it in a way that you don't have to see what we're seeing uh, to follow along, but you know your your results may vary. Uh, so if you're able to watch it on YouTube, that might be best for certain aspects of this show. But if you're driving in your car, obviously don't be pulling up YouTube. Well, it'll be fine on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, we're going to dive into it here. We're going to talk Cowboys 2022 offense. Chargers 2023 offense. We'll talk about why there's kind of a divide between those. Uh, so, Johnny, why don't you start us off here? 
what's the first thing that really sticks out to you as you've watched the Kellen Moore offense? Yeah, so I went into this, as I said, pretty blind. Um, I watched about, uh, genuinely, about five, six full games of 2022. I watched a bit of 2021 and then about four Chargers games before I lost it. Um, and the really weird thing is I don't think Kellen Moore has a like set way of playing. So the Chargers offense is very different to the Cowboys offense the year before. Um, and even with those Cowboys offense that I really liked, when you look at like rankings of his offense, they very rarely rank like top five in a specific category, but they're always like there or thereabouts. They do a little bit of everything. Um, and that's the thing that I really enjoyed. And I think there are pros and cons to that approach. Um, you can become sort of not highly specialized in one area and you can sometimes just be average at everything. But I think I read something in 2022, they ranked sort of like fifth or above in all of the major categories, um, like play action, motion, no huddle in terms of success rate, not in terms of the amount they run it. Um, they just do like everything. Um, but there are things that continually came up. So personally, this is why I find the whole debate quite interesting. And I'm, I'm sort of struggling with this one, Shane, I'll be honest about what happened when he went to the charges because i am going to assume and if i'm wrong then obviously people can tell me uh, during the season i would assume that the eagles did not hire kellen moore based on his offense last year like i don't think you watched that offense because i watched quite a fair bit of it as well and i don't think you got i want that guy to be the oc i would assume the hire is made based on what he did with the cowboys um which means i would assume that when he was spoken to about his principles and stuff he spoke about ideally kellen moore wants to go back to that so in very simple terms, um, we'll talk about, basically, we're going to talk about a few specific things this week and a few specific things next week. I would say it's like a combination of two major schemes. So there's like a lot of spread. You see a lot of like 11 personnel. You see some uh, 10 personnel. You see like two by two stacks with receivers spread out far side and then like inside zone read ran. And you think, wow, this is like spread stuff. This looks like college coming out like five years ago. Um then you see like the West Coast stuff. So you see like the influences, I think probably from when he was from his playing days, from like the Jason Garrett offense style. Um, you see like slant flat, you see like double slant under center. Um, then you get like this more modern offense, I would say, with like a lot and lot of pre-step motion. You do see RPOs, you do see QB run game, but not a huge amount. Um, and then you get the Shanahan stuff as well. So I was shocked and I tweeted this, how much Shanahan stuff there was. Like there's a, a huge part of his offense is under center, outside zone um it's a big big part and i think that's really interesting because the eagles just do not do that and i'm not going to say it's not going to work and to be honest i don't really want to talk too much this episode about whether kellen moore is going to work or not that can come in like future episodes because to be honest i don't really know what he's going to do i can just tell you what i've seen um if they hired him and he's not going to run like outside zone on the center then i'd be a bit concerned so i would assume that him and stoutland are going to have to gel and we're going to talk about run game as one of our points today because i think that's a massive part of his game um so i think he can do a little bit of everything and that's what's really interesting as i mentioned there's like west coast there's shanahan there's spread then there's just like 12 13 personnel i mean there's some clips i tweeted out where you got a fullback on you got tw uh, you got 22 personnel um for those who aren't as familiar in the terms that's like two running backs two tight ends and you've got a wide receiver coming down into the box as well so you've basically just got everyone like really old school run run under center big bodies um, a little bit like the Detroit Lions do it now, where they just like wear teams down with David Montgomery, just like a little bit of like old school smash mouth. But then you've got like the the spread stuff as well. Um, I think they try and do a little bit of everything. And I know that's very cliche for people to say about lots of coaches, and I get it. Um, but I think their basis still is under center, outside zone. I think a lot of it is actually more Shanahan than I would think. And I think the big difference between the Cowboys offense and why I liked it and the Chargers offense and why I didn't like it was because the run game was the 
biggest part of their Cowboys offense. And it's so interesting because that Mike McCarthy quote of why they fired Kellen Moore because he wants to score points and I want to run the ball, which is just total nonsense, like absolute nonsense because I, I know you've seen the stats. They don't, they don't run more anyway. And the idea that Kellen Moore was fired because they didn't run the ball enough, it, I mean, I watched that film. They were a seriously good running team and they were definitely a worse running team um, after Kellen Moore was fired. So it's... It's a weird offense. I really like the Cowboys stuff. I didn't like the Chargers stuff. The Chargers stuff just did a little bit. When I talk about doing everything and none of it working, that's how the Chargers stuff felt. Like they didn't have something to fall back on. Every week it was a different focus. Whereas the Cowboys film, to give you a little bit of background about how I did this, I tried to watch a couple of games of Cooper Rush, but I wasn't too fussed about that. And then I tried to watch like a game every like two or three weeks. So I wasn't just seeing like four games in a row. I looked at games they did badly. I looked at games they did well. And the staples were there. Like, it looked like the same offense. You knew the offense you were watching. When you do the same to the Chargers, you don't know what you're watching. It feels very random. It just didn't feel like it ever worked, ever. So I'm not being like overly positive and saying I'm really happy about the hire because I am. But I also think you have to under, you have to consider that, you know, Justin Herbert's an incredibly special quarterback and it didn't work there. And I think it goes back to run game. Um, I don't know if there's any stats. I know Shane's a stat man this week. You want to see the amount of numbers this man has got. It is insane. Um but is there anything you want to talk about there that sort of back up my points there, shall we say, before we focus on any specific areas? Yeah, I, I think the one of the big things that I, <clears throat> I almost entirely discounted the 2023 Chargers stuff, um, which can be convenient because that year did not go well. And, you know, 2021, 2022 did go well with the Cowboys. But when you look at, 2023 with the Chargers, it's just really hard to evaluate. The Chargers were obviously a disaster under Brandon Staley. Uh, and that doesn't excuse an offense not performing well. But then you look at the things the Chargers offense dealt with. And, you know, they drafted Quentin Johnson, who was, I mean, let's be honest, Quentin Johnson was a major disappointment as a first round pick. And, and that's not on an offensive play caller if all of a sudden you draft a guy in the first round and he can't catch footballs anymore. Uh, not that he was great at that in college either. He shouldn't have been gone. He shouldn't have been drafted in the first round. But uh, you look at uh, Mike Evans gets injured. He only plays in like three games all season. Corey Lindsley uh, only played in three games. Their starting center, uh, a very good center, by the way, had some heart related issues, was sidelined for the rest of the season. And the, their right tackle was a disaster. They couldn't run the football. They were 32nd in rushing DVOA. And you watch the Cowboys offense run the football in 2021 and 2022. And you say, this is a guy who knows how to run the football. And so when he goes to the chargers and he's just totally worst in the league, I tend to just say that's more on personnel than it is on, on design. So uh, again, that might be convenient. Of course, also Justin Herbert misses the final five games of the year, but I just think there's a lot of extenuating circumstances with the chargers and so in everything I looked at, I tended to look more at 2021 and 2022, both because they were recent, you know, 2020 is really hard. Dak only played five games. So that's kind of the baseline is in a lot of the things I looked at, I wanted to see how the Cowboys offense functioned in 21 and 22 with Dak and then how they functioned in 2023 with Dak, but removing Kellen Moore from the equation. And so um, just a little bit there, I guess, on the Chargers and and what happened, what with that mess uh, in 2023. Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it, to hear two guys on a podcast say we're discounting the previous year to an extent. Um, and I'm not discounting it to say that I don't think it matters. I think it does. And if Kellen Moore doesn't work this year, I think people will say they should have looked harder at 2023. 
I am assuming, rightly or wrongly, that they have hired him based on what he did with the Cowboys. So I'm not discounting it. But like you said, it, it almost to me doesn't feel like the reason why they hired the guy. Like if you imagine Kellen Moore never coached before last year as a hypothetical and he was the first year Chargers OC, he's never getting another OC job this year. Like no one is hiring that man. He's going to be a, he's going to be a quarterback's coach. Um, yet, and I don't know how true this is. I know you always hear reports like this. There were quite a few reports that he was in very high demand for other teams as well as an OC. Um, I can understand why the Eagles was very appealing to him. Um, great run game. Great quarterback who's very mobile and two excellent receivers in the tight end. So basically full control of the offense as well. So I can see why the team managed to lure him in. Um, before we get into some specifics, do you want to have a look at some of the numbers comparing the Cowboys 2021 and two and three? Because I actually think some of these, when you showed me, I hadn't looked at these before and you quickly went through them pre, um, pre-recording. And some of them are really interesting because I think they tell you like that some of the myths around Kellen Moore just aren't true. Um so you've got a one up on the screen here, DVOA, for example. I, I can't believe the stuff that's been said about the run game. Like I find it absurd. Um, and the other interesting mm-hmm. thing is just if you're worried that like the Cowboys fired Kellen Moore and they got better, um, that's also not really true. They played an easier schedule, and by m- most metrics, they were roughly similar in 22 and 23. And 21 was actually the best uh, I think they played by pretty much any statistical measure. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So DVOA, which for the uninitiated DVOA stands for defense adjusted value over average. And so I think most people are familiar with EPA expected points added and success rate. Uh, DVOA attempts to solve the problem uh, that EPA and success rate have of not taking into account uh, the strength of your opponent. You know, is it really that impressive uh, to go blow out I was going to say the Cardinals, but the Eagles lost. I was going to say the Eagles defense Um, last year. Yeah, there you go. Is it really that impressive to go hang 40 on the Eagles defense from the end of the year? It's not. EPA will tell you it is. DVOA will tell you that it's not. It's attempting to adjust it for uh, how how much better did you perform than the average team would perform against them? And so if you look at DVOA for the Cowboys, uh, their total offensive DVOA in 2021 was fourth in the league. Uh, In 2022, it was 14th. In 2023, it was also 14th. And yet people will say that the Cowboys offense was so much better uh, in 2023. And it's largely from blowing out bad teams. Uh, If you look at the passing numbers, they were fourth in 2021, 11th in 2022. They were also 11th in 2023. Uh, If you look at rushing numbers, they were 10th in 2021, 14th in 2022, and it dropped down to 16th in 2023. And so, you know, if you look at the EPA numbers and things, you'll see uh, their EPA definitely took a big leap, went from eighth overall to second from 2022 to 2023. It went from seventh on drop back EPA to second. And again, a lot of that is from facing poor opponents and beating up on them. Uh, In my opinion, their EPA per run did drop a lot. They went from eighth to 15th. So there was a definite drop off in the pa- in the rushing attack, no matter which metric you want to look at without killing more. I think the reports of like how much the offense got better passing are greatly exaggerated, uh, especially if you fail to take into account the fact that they added Brandon Cooks and they added a more healthy Michael Gallup, whereas Michael Gallup in 2022 was a total shell of himself coming off of an injury. But I think one of the biggest ones to look at is the points per game which went from fourth in 2022 to first in 2023. 
But I really want to narrow in on points per game versus top 10 defenses because everybody kind of knows the Cowboys blew out bad teams. Contrary to what Mike McCarthy said when they got rid of Kellen Moore, they did not want to run the ball more in those situations. They continued to throw it to run up scores. Uh, But when they played good teams, it really bottlenecked. And you can see that in 2021 with Kellen Moore and four games against top 10 defenses, the Cowboys scored 26 and three quarters of a point per game. In 2022, in five such opportunities, they scored a little over 21 and a half points. In 2023, the Cowboys faced three top 10 defenses and they scored 16, just a little over 16 and a half points per game against those top 10 defenses. So you can see that they really struggled uh, when it came to actually facing good defenses. And I think that's one of the biggest deals uh, for this team. Uh, You know, the Cowboys, the book has been out on the Cowboys for a few years. They tend to blow out bad teams. And then in the playoffs, they face good teams and they sort of fall apart. Um, It's probably also worth noting the red zone efficiency fell dramatically from 71.4%, which was first in the league in 2022, down to 57.9%, which was 12th uh, in 2023. So uh, those are some of the things that I really thought were interesting just comparing the last two years with more to this year without more in Dallas. Yeah. And I think um, the red zone one's really cool because I watched, as I said, a lot of 2022 and they were really good in the red zone. So I'm, I love stats. I'm a stats man, but I'm not someone who looks up stats. I just wait for Shane's turn with them. So, and sometimes they pair together very well. Like I thought they were excellent in the red zone. And when I saw this and saw they were the best team in the red zone, it did not surprise me one bit. Um, because they were really creative. They were really good at running the ball. They had a really good uh, play-action attack. They used a lot of motion. They used a lot of misdirection. They were just really good at doing a lot of different things in the red zone. Um, so, yeah, I think the Kelly Moore high is really interesting on a sort of big picture level because it's really hard to know what one they're getting. I, I would just like to say before we go specific, Shane, I think this is so important. We spoke about this with Fangio. Nothing matters if your players aren't good. There are very few coaches in the league that are that good that they can scheme things out of nothing. And in fact, barely anybody does. Even Andy Reid, potentially the greatest like head coach play caller of all time, has Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Um, Carl Shanahan, who's an absolute genius, is not the same without Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Like, not even including Brandon Ike and George Kittle. Like, I don't care how good you are. Players make systems work. Like, Kelly Moore could bring a very average system to Philly. And if... Philly's talent is unreal and their offensive line is brilliant and Hurts is back running the football. They could be really, really good again. Um, all I wanted was a coach that basically looked like he would tackle the issues with the Eagles games that we saw last year. And I think Kellen Moore ticks all those boxes in terms of dealing with the blitz, throwing to the middle and um, using motion more, a more modern offensive approach. I think he ticks all three of those boxes. Um, and, and it's worth noting while you're talking yeah. about players this will be the best array of weapons that he's ever had to work with. Now, maybe not the best quarterback. We talked about Jalen Hurts, and you know you could debate Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott in terms of quarterbacks. We both said we would have Hurts over Prescott. Uh, Justin Herbert kind of in that tier, too. I think most film people would put Herbert ahead of Hurts. But, so it's not far and away like the best quarterback, but you look at the other pieces, the, the offensive line, and Dallas has had a good offensive line, but the Eagles over the last – you know, a couple of years have had one of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, the duo that they have at wide receiver and AJ Brown and Devonte Smith is better than CD lamb and whoever wide receiver two was in Dallas for them over those few years. 
because they that's been a weakness for them. That's why they went out and got Brandon Cooks. Uh, it's certainly better than what he had to work with uh, with the Chargers last year. Same thing could be said for tight end with Dallas Goddard. Uh, the one difference is running back. We don't know what's going to happen with running back for the Eagles. If they have DeAndre Swift back, DeAndre Swift's still not better than, you know, peak Ezekiel Elliott, who Kellen Moore got to work with. Uh, so they will probably have a step back there. But overall, it's the best offensive line for sure. And I think it's by far the best set of weapons that he'll have ever had to work with. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles go for another running back, um, like a, a, a good running back. I was surprised by how much, I mean, Tony Pollard was so good. Like that man could not handle a, a, a full-time workload, could he? Because he was a shell of himself last year. Um, Zeke was exceptionally good when Zeke was at like peak Zeke. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a really interesting high because I think, as I mentioned, the tick boxes that I think the Eagles wanted to tick. And before I keep saying before we get into specifics, there's one final thing I wanted to say. Um, I, there's been a lot of talk about how different he is to Sirianni and like, are they going to get on? And I think schematic-wise, they are different. Like, there is absolutely no doubt anyone that watches his film. We'll think him and Jeff Stoutland are going to have to get in a room together for a while and think about what they want to do because the Eagles have been based around a zone running team from shotgun for the past, basically however long that I can remember, basically. Um, and now they're going to have to dramatically change. Like if they don't, I think you're not really getting Kellen Moore. You're getting half of Kellen Moore plus what Stoutland wants or what Sirianni wants. I think quite simply they're going to have to sort of change their scheme, obviously. But I actually think approach wise, they're really similar, really similar. I think the Eagles were very happy to just run it down teams' throats um, when they play like nickel or dime against base. And I think the Eagles, no, sorry, the Cowboys absolutely did that with Kellen Moore. I think the whole idea was to get them into eight-man boxes so you can throw deep. Kellen Moore absolutely does that. If you look at his numbers, his average depth of target are pretty much always top 10. Like they throw it down the field. There's a lot of shot plays I saw. There's a lot of double posts, a lot of post cross. Like I fit, think the actual philosophy... Um, I think they're aggressive on um, fourth down as well when Kellen Moore was there. Um, I think the philosophy fits. I don't think the scheme is at all the same. So I'm not talking scheme here. I'm not talking about the X's and O's. I'm talking about the way that like two people see the game of football and then try and work out like the specifics in between. Um, there was a quote from Kellen Moore uh, before he joined the Chargers. And I looked at quite a few of these um, quotes about him being aggressive. And he said, once we cross the 50 line, we're in the green and two zone. That means that you automatically go for it if it's 4-4-2 or less. It allows you to call second down like first down and third down like second down. Now, I think the Eagles are not fourth and two. I think that we're probably more fourth and three or even fourth and four uh, when we cross the 50-yard line. But I think the idea that when you hear a coach talks like that, and I know a lot of people say things like that, but I think it's pretty clear that in his mind, there is a specific zone. Like when you pass the 50, this is how we do it. So I think he is an aggressive play caller. I think he wants to create explosive plays. Um, and although it's a very, very different scheme, I do think philosophically he fits well with Sirianni. So I think for those of you that are confused about maybe like everything we're saying is like, well, that's very different than what we've done before. I think it is very different. I don't think for Sirianni to keep his job, it had to be different. I think the Eagles wanted a different look at offense. But it's not like they're getting a guy who's coming in and never goes through on fourth down, kicks field goals all days long, has never had a mobile quarterback. Um, they've never seen like similar concepts. I think what he wants to do is similar. I think just the way he does it is different. So it could work beautifully if the two can mesh perfectly. Um, if they don't, then it won't. And it'd be interesting to see the reasons why that goes wrong. With the, we've all heard the phrase too many chefs in the kitchen. It could be that they can't get the blend right and Hurts doesn't want to go under center and Kelly Moore's offense isn't as good without under center and Stoutland wants to keep running 
gap scheme and Kellen Moore's system is mainly predicated on zone blocking. Um, but I think if they can find the balance right, they can sort of take the best of both worlds. And the actual idea is light boxes, run the ball. I mean, the Cowboys run the ball in stack boxes, by the way. But I think the Eagles' approach will be same as it has been for the past few years. Get them into heavy boxes, throw it down the field. Um, like I, I saw very few go balls from the Cowboys. So like the idea of just chuck it, like the Eagles style, didn't happen very much. But I did see a lot of like post, a lot of post cross, uh, a lot of dagger. So there are concepts there that the Eagles will have already run. Um, there's only so many concepts in the world you can run anyway. Um, but I think the way they basically want to do it is different, if that makes sense. But the, what they want to achieve is the same uh, approach, is to score ahead of a lot of points, be aggressive and dominate in the run game. Yeah, I, I think you say that really well because like philosophically they're aligned and yet the way they try to play out that philosophy uh, is very different yep. and so we will talk about that some more uh, but we are going to throw to a quick break here because johnny has to go take his dinner out of the oven yeah so that sounds like a great time for some ads we'll be back right after this another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back here on the Shane page. Johnny's dinner is nice and safe. And we're going to continue talking about Kellen Moore. I love how you use that too many chefs in the kitchen uh, shortly before making a run to grab your dinner too. That was perfect podcasting. Um, so we were discussing the philosophy and how it's sort of the same philosophy, but a radically different approach to get there. And uh, one of the, I listened to a podcast that, that uh, Kellen Moore was on with Peter Schrager uh, prior to last season. And one quote that he said on that really stood out to me. And so uh, he said this, he said, we want to aggressively take what the defense gives us. If they give us something vertical, we'll take it and trust our playmakers to pay it off. And if not take the check down to get another first down, and then we'll dial up another one. And I love that because it said the word check down. Um, and I mean, to be honest, every coach is going to say things like that, right? Like we want to take what the defense gets us, but it's very clear that there is a, there's a, there's a intentional effort made to generate explosive plays, but it's not explosive play or bust. Like there's answers built in for everything. And that's one of the things that I really like. One of the things that sticks out to me watching Moore's offense is just that like it's coached to where if this, then this, it's like, it's almost like the flow chart of offense. If this, then we look over here. If that, then we're going to do this. And like, there's answers built in for whatever the defense wants to throw at you. Now that 
is complex and obviously it has to be executed at a high level, but on a chalkboard, the offense just works. Um, installing it and making it work on the field is another thing, but that's something you expect again, a team with the best weapons he's worked with to be able to pull off. Yeah. Shall we start getting in some specifics and I'm going to do what I do best, which is talk run game. So those of you out there know, and if you're wondering why it's, it's not because Kellen Moore's run game is like the most important thing. I just feel like it is the reason why his Cowboys team were really good. And it's just an opinion. Uh, it's based on what I what I looked at. And I meant to say this at the start as well. Keep in mind that when I'm going back and watching games and, and Shane is, when you're just watching the All-22, it's really hard to get a sense of tempo, of play calling, because you don't know the score as much. I mean, it's, it comes up with a score in between plays, but it's not like watching it. So I can't tell you if Kellen Moore's a great play caller because I think play calling is so much about feel and about like guessing what the defense will do at a certain time. Um, we obviously don't have that when you're watching film. You just have the concepts. So we're sort of talking like big picture. Um, what concepts does he use? So I wanted to talk about run game, as I mentioned. So first thing, I'm going to send you a few clips as well, Shane, um, just so if people are watching, they can see them. All these are on my thread. So if you're not watching live, um, if you go and read the many tweets in my thread, they are actually in some sort of order as well. Um, so this is their bread and butter. Uh, the first thing I noticed was very simply under center, out, uh, outside zone. And outside zone is a play that is run a lot best from under center, um, which is right, which is why, sorry, when people were like, why don't the Eagles run outside zone a lot? They, they run it a bit. They ran it actually a little bit more than I think people think last year. With, I mean, pinpool can be outside zone, like if you run it. Um, so I think people sometimes say pinpool when they mean like outside zone pinpool. Um, but basically, it's a lot better from under center. Um, it gives the running back just a lot easier in terms of like seeing where to go, when to make a cutback. Uh, it gives him a really good head of steam. And this was like the philosophy of Kellen Moore, like under center outside zone. And it got pretty aggressive at times. Like the clip I just showed you is a classic example of running it against a light box with 12. Um, but this was the one that really stood out. Um, so this is the play after it in the thread. This is the one I hinted at earlier on. This is a... 22 personnel, like fullback on the field, two tight ends, running back coming downhill. And this isn't against a light box. Like they're running this against basically the, I think it's the Bengals here, bringing everyone into the box. And I think the idea is what you said there of Kelly Moore is like, he just wants to do what sort of to an extent he wants the offense to achieve. It's like, it's like an aggressive, like, I don't really care what you're doing. We can run the ball. And the Eagles have had that approach a lot at times in the past few years. So I think that's a really nice pairing. Like a lot of teams don't throw from this look. The Bengals literally have everyone in the box. Um, so I think the under center stuff's a really big deal. And I'm going to break the under center stuff into a little bit of like motion bootleg before we go into the other stuff of the run game. Because the whole idea why you do this, and everyone has seen this uh, time and time again, if you watch any Shanahan, um, is the one I'm going to put in the uh, chat now is it just allows you to run uh, play action naked bootleg um, it's still one of the most sort of used plays in football um, and it's so basic because essentially there's not much you can do to stop it if you get a team that runs the ball really really well you just keep the ball and it looks the exact same everything the offense does here looks the same you just run outside zone um, and then you keep it and when you're getting, as a defense, frustrated by dealing with the running game constantly, you end up just being over-aggressive. Like, it's just natural. There's basically nothing you can do about it. Like, anyone who's ever played professional sports knows that when things are going against you, you end up just, like, trying really hard to stop that thing. And it's so simple. It's so, so simple. But basically, you could only do it 
if you can run the ball from under center, because if you can't run the ball well, no one cares. Play action, boot action doesn't have the same impact. You need to have a quarterback who can throw it from under center. Um, that sounds like so easy when you play Madden. It's really not in real life. A quarterback has to be able to turn his back to the defense. And I think one reason why people love Fangio's style against the Shanahan is because of the fact that he's built to stop that because you see a different picture. But I, I talk about like the run game a lot because I think that's just a huge part of the Cowboys offense, quite simply. And if the Eagles don't commit to that, I don't really know what they're getting in Kellen Moore because you see that all over the film. And you don't just see like play action naked bootleg. You see under center, like I saw one where there was just double slant and he literally just took a step and for a slant. And it was just basically they're stacking the box, take the quick slant, take the quick slant. So I think the Eagles are going to have to change the way they run the ball. Like it doesn't mean the old stuff's going to go away. And I'll talk about that in a second, that there is still the old stuff there um, that they do. There is stuff that will benefit Hurts. Trust me when you watch the film. Um, but I think that is the bread and butter of the offense. Like I think it's built off a sort of Shanahan approach that the Eagles haven't done in a while. Um, and I think they're going to have to learn to use it, Shane, because if they don't, I don't really get why they've hired Kellen Moore, basically. Yeah, and the I, it's interesting because part of me says, I will believe that Jalen Hurts goes under center when it happens, but it's such a big part uh, of the Kellen Moore offense. Like, if you want to talk about, like, you know, tendencies. The Cowboys were in shotgun in 2022 at the 27th highest rate in the league, 55%. That means 40 for reference, the Eagles are under or in shotgun, like 96% of the time. And like the other 4% are tush pushes. Um, so 55% of the time, that means 45% of the time they were under center. And that's what Kellen Moore likes to do. And he specifically likes to run, outside zone behind two tight ends like in, in the first clip you showed and, and a lot of a lot of his run stuff they will have two tight ends on the same side of the formation so we're creating an unbalanced formation and we're stringing out the number of gaps that have to be defended and then you run outside zone and you just read that outside to end looking for cutback lanes if your gaps are clogged and it puts a lot of stress on the defense and it really opens you up to the counterplays from that. I mean, the Bengals, when they played uh, the Cowboys, they played a lot of bear fronts, which if you don't know a bear front, we'll put a guy heads up on the center, a, a nose tackle. And then you'll have two defensive tackles that are playing like a two eye techniques. So they're going to be basically trying to control the inside uh, of the guard if necessary. And they're, they're trying, you know, they're trying to control all four of those interior gaps, the A gaps and the B gaps with three players. And it makes it really hard uh, for you to get those combo blocks and to climb and to run outside zone. And Kellen Moore just started running a lot of like GT counter stuff. And, and that's not something that he normally runs, but he ran it there. And that was effective with Dak Prescott. And then you imagine it with Jalen Hurts, if you can run like GT counter bash, where you can use your quarterback in the running game. And there's a lot of really cool things that, of course, you can't do that from under center, of course. But there's a lot of really cool things you can do in the run game if you're willing to get under center and diversify that. And so that's going to be really interesting uh, for me to see if the Eagles are willing to do that. I mean, we're going to see that. We're going to see that in the preseason, right? If they're going to be under center, you're going to know real early uh, what to expect. And if the Eagles do not get under center, then they're not going to maximize this offense um, for the run the ball crowd. Uh, People have talked about, like, again, Mike McCarthy had his thing about running the ball, right? And so I think a lot of people think Kellen Moore doesn't run the ball. And I just really want to hammer this home 
Uh, I'm showing here on the screen pass rate uh, over expectation. Uh, and in 2022, the Cowboys were at negative 6%. That means they ran the ball 6% more than would have been expected giving de- given down and distances. They were a run-heavy team. Uh, on second and short, however, they were a plus 7% on pass rate over expectation. That reflects that aggressiveness. Like Kellen Moore gets to second and one, second and two. He wants to try to push the ball downfield. And then if they didn't get it third and short, they were at a negative 24% pass rate over expectation. So they were running the ball a lot on third and one and two. And I think, you know, given the tush push and we'll see, you know, if Jason Kelsey comes back, if he doesn't, will it be as effective without him? You know, we'll, we'll figure all those things out, but if, if it works, I can just imagine that Kellen Moore would be equally as aggressive on third and short, knowing that he has that to fall back to. So again, just to emphasize your point, he will run the ball and he will do a lot of varied things, uh, even though outside zone is that primary thing that he likes. Yeah, and a couple of things on why the Eagles don't run outside zone as well. As we mentioned, the Eagles wanted to be a shotgun run team because the whole idea is it means you can basically have a read option on like every play you can run. doesn't matter if you're running counter, you can add a read. Inside zone, you can have a, obviously a zone read. And that's basically the general premise. Like in very simple terms, when you're on the center, the QB run is not the same. Yes, he can keep the ball on a bootleg, but he can't read the defensive end and keep it. So I, I get philosophically why the Eagles want to be a shotgun run team. And it could be, Shane, that they maybe should still be a shotgun run team. Um, I'm not saying like I agree with this stuff at all. Um, I mean, I the, re- the reason why outside zone is so prominent, the reason why it has been over the past 10 years is because essentially with any gap scheme type run, you essentially play if a defense sees it's coming they have one gap they need to essentially blow up and if you blow up that then it sort of causes chaos and you could stop the run outside zone you can lose like a, a lot of your blocks and the running back just turns it down so he's basically got multiple gaps available to him if you run to a two or a three tight inside there's even more gaps available to him as you said you increase the surface area um so you can lose like or not have four or five great blocks but eventually oh there's one gap that's opened up but if the running back's good enough it's really hard to stop so if you're a real scheme nerd, you may be sitting there thinking, well, hang on a minute. I'm reading stuff online today by Ben Sodak, who's written something brilliant about how Shanahan stopped running this stuff as much. And I've read all this stuff about how the Fanzio defense is brilliant against under center uh, outside zone. And I, I actually do share your concerns to an extent. I think the good news is the Fangio tree is dying because teams are stopping it. And what that means is you'll often go a different way. And when I said the Fangio's tree dying, I don't mean panic about the Eagles defense. We spoke about that last episode. But I mean that there's a lot less Fangio disciples currently running defenses. So we know what the NFL is. It's a cyclical league. It could be that actually when you start getting more aggressive Jim Short style defense, uh, I always use Jim Short as the example just because to me he's like the anti-Fangio. Um, they're so different in style. But then actually you get more under center outside zone run game it sort of almost comes back in because less defenses are creating confusion post snap more defenses are using uh, less rotation um and i think the other thing is we saw this you mentioned the Bengals game which is a great example as long as you've got the other tools in the toolbox if teams want to then go five man front and stop the outside zone that's exactly what you want because you force them to have a player less in coverage it could be run outside zone three times a game it, it, it's, it, it's the option that it's there with the Eagles this year, the option was not there. They ran like one snap a game every three weeks of outside zone under center. Like it was not a thing. Um, but if you are worried, I'll take a look at a couple of other examples, Shane, of some of the things the Eagles can do. So don't get me wrong. I've spoken a lot about like outside zone, under center, tight ends, running it. But this team can spread them out as well. Like this play, if you're a Jalen Hurts fan, you're like, sign me up. 
this is like Chip Kelly, old school, spread offense. Uh, so the player I'm about to send you, and I didn't just see these once, by the way, plays that I try and clip, I always hopefully see more than once. I don't just see like anyone can clip like a, I don't know, a, uh, give me a fun play that people run. Uh, what's the one where you throw it back to the quarterback? Why can I not? Yeah, flea flicker. You can run a flea. Oh, well, flea flickers are a great part of Kenamora because they ran one in two years. Like I saw this formation a couple of times. This is just old school spread. Um, we've seen the Eagles do stuff like this before. You stick two times two receivers, a, a stack as far wide as you can basically get, which do the maths. That means four defenders have to be over there. It's basically impossible. They can't be in the slot. They can't like hover and play the run and the pass. So then you get essentially plus one in the box. Um, the safety, if he's deep, means that straight away you are seven on six. It's just basic math. If you're seven on six, you read the defensive end, he crashes, you keep it. So basically, it's like it's really basic stuff. But like, I look at this thinking the Eagles can do this easily. I just think the Eagles relied on this stuff too much last year. And I think if you can blend that with outside zone, and it is hard, don't get me wrong, because as we've said, there could be an idea where they're trying to do too much. But I think it proves that he can scheme up for a QB run game. And this was not the only clip. I mean, anyone who watched this, I bet they absolutely uh, loved this play. Um, the one that I sent you now. This is on the goal line. They shift the tight end um, at, from out wide, uh, is sort of into like a sort of tight end. So it looks like they're going to run the ball. Then they have a receiver coming across the formation to fake a uh, sort of wide receiver handoff. And by the way, they do that quite a lot. Little underrated thing we might talk about more next week is that the Eagles are going to have to add a wide receiver for you who can carry the ball. Um, so the defense is flying one way. Then they run their read option and they actually end up bringing across the tight end in like a, almost like a split zone uh, action. And he ends up being the lead blocker for Dak. So Dak is not that mobile and Herbert is really mobile, but he's not really a runner per se. He's more of a scrambler, um, but he's never had a Jalen Hurts. Like there are signs in the playbook that he can do some pretty cool stuff. Like that's what I really liked about his run game is yes, it's outside zone under center, but if you're panicking, like I'm not going to show you every clip because they're on my uh, film thread, but we saw counter. Um, from pistol we saw under center outside zone we saw the play action they could put like but we also saw the like spread everyone out and run the ball we saw the spread stuff uh, we saw the motion in the, in the um red zone to get like Dak uh, reading the edge defender like i think it can blend well with stoutland but i think and i've said this a lot i still think and we're going to know about this shane you said preseason. we'll know about it in training camp they'll be interviewing whoever the center is and Jalen hurts after week one of training saying what's different are you taking snaps under center? Like, and you'll hear, oh, it's very weird this year. Yeah, it's different. It's like I'm getting used to and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know the quotes, you've seen them a hundred times from every quarterback who changes scheme. We will know early on. And it doesn't mean that Kelly Moore can't be a good coach without this stuff. I just think what it enables you to do is all the play action bootleg stuff. And that means the Eagles can just win in different ways. And I think the other great thing is, Shane, is it I think Jalen Hurts is brilliant at throwing on the run, and we never rolled him out. So I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be able to do the under center action stuff yes he may not be as good at it as someone like Dak who's done it for years in terms of reading a defense but you can run some pretty simple play action bootleg stuff you can just literally run sale uh free receivers coming across the formation to the other side read it high to low uh the vertical route's basically never on anyway so you're almost just reading it as a high low on the outside like there's very basic things you can do we're not talking about sort of full field reads when you're coming out on bootlegs i think it should be able to work and I think if it does work, I'd be very excited because the Eagles run game got stale at times last year when Hurts couldn't be a huge factor. I think Kellen Moore's run game will almost enable you to be a little bit more 
sorry, less reliant on Jaden Hurts' legs and hopefully better just as an out-and-out run game without relying on um, Hurts' mobility all the time. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, like you said, it doesn't mean it's bad. Like, if the Eagles just went under center last year, it wouldn't have fixed their issues. And it just because Kellen Moore uses under center a lot doesn't mean that he can't come up with a good offense that's based around shotgun running because he's got a mobile quarterback for the first time. It just means we haven't seen that. Like it would be asking him to do something different. And that doesn't mean he can't do it because we've talked about his adaptability in the running game. And we'll talk a lot more about his adaptability in the passing game, but it, it would be really nice just to see that, um, to see them, you know, mesh his system with what the Eagles have done. So you still have shotgun running and QB running threats, but you also have some under center and you have some designed rollouts. I mean, the, the Eagles over the last, well, a couple of years, they ran uh, design rollouts. It was uh, 2% of their dropbacks in 2023. It was 4% of their dropbacks in 2022. Uh, it was 4% of their dropbacks in 2021. Uh, Kellen Moore was at eight and nine percent with the Cowboys. So, I mean, that's double, triple the rate the Eagles have used it. And part of that's just because it, it, you can't really do rollouts out of shotgun. I mean, you sort of can that little sprint rollout play every once in a while in the red zone, but you can really get a defense to bite on the outside zone run one way. And now you've got Jalen Hurts bootlegging the other way. And you've got, uh, AJ Brown running downfield, but you've also got Devonte Smith running a crossing route and you can high low that and he can run. Like there's just so many things that it opens up for you. Uh, and so I'm really interested to see how they use that. And you also mentioned like the motion, especially with the wide receivers in the running game. And we'll, we'll get more into passing game next week uh, because spoiler alert, this is going to be more than a one part series on Kellen Moore, but they use motion, but they actually use it. Like, I mean, the Eagles were dead last in motion rate. The Chargers, if you look at 2023, you know, they were, I think the number is like eighth in motion rate. But it, the Eagles' motion was a joke. Like, the Eagles would run a motion guy, and then he didn't even run a route. He just, like, motions behind two other guys in the bunch and then just stands there. Like, the motion served no purpose other than just to motion. So we can say, look, we're motioning. Or to flip a passing strength. Like, we would have a guy motion from left to right. So now it's instead of two by two, it's three by one, but then he just comes set before the snap and he's not starting in mode. Nothing is happening. Um, if you look specifically like only plays where the person you threw to was in motion pre-snap, the chargers were second in the NFL in 2023. They were one pass attempt to a guy in motion behind the dolphins who were first. Uh, they were 15th the year before, by the way. Uh, so Kellen Moore took them from league average to top of the league. The Eagles were 30th at 35 targets to guys in motion. 10 of those were screen passes. So we'll get more into the pass game next week, but you will see motion, but it will be motion with a purpose. It's not just motion for the sake of motion. It actually does things and it generates mismatches uh, and not to get too far ahead of the game, but that's one of the things I'm really excited for. With Moore. See, Shane, and we're going to have to do some breaking news because we've been going for about 46 minutes, and I actually do want to do motion now in the past game. Uh, and it's not just okay. because you've spoken about it, Shane. It's because breaking podcast news. Uh, you tweeted two hours ago saying a uh, Kellen Moore motion update. And unfortunately, Elliot Shaw Park, Shane, has just quote tweeted you. 
So famous numbers oh, for you no. incoming. 138,000 Elliott Shaw Parks. Uh, quoting that the Eagles were in fact better than the Chargers. Therefore, the obsession with motion has to stop. So unfortunately, we've hired the wrong guy. Cancel the podcast. Uh, we should have hired someone who doesn't use motion. Uh, the irony of Elliot saying that, of course, coming to you when me and you spoke at length last year about how motion is massively overrated. It's motion done well. Um, but just because Elliot has tweeted you and moaned about motion, I now want to talk about motion because I'm petty and that is part of my personality. So we are going to do pass game next week, but let's end with a little bit of why motion matters. Okay. And motion is not just like a yearly trend that's going to go away next year and no one's going to use it. It is going absolutely nowhere. Um, because very simply, any team who uses motion efficiently will make their life easier at times. It is not the be or end all. It is not the savior. Um, a lot of what motion does just ends up getting like one-on-one matchups. And as we've said on this podcast so many times, it's players that matter. But motion absolutely matters. So let's look at a, a little bit of motion uh, because as I said, I'm petty and I now want to. So basically what I've really noticed about motion is what the Eagles struggled to do last year is, and this is a very like generic t- thing that loads of NFL commentators say, is you got to stretch the defense vertically and horizontally. Um, the Eagles didn't do a good job stretching defenses horizontally last year. Um, they ran a lot of static vertical routes. And what that meant was the middle of the field was often quite congested. And essentially, I think what Kellen Moore did better um, was he managed to stretch a defense horizontally. So there's a couple of examples of where I like motion. And rather than just talk motion, because I agree with Elliot Shaw Parks to an extent, uh, not much, um, but I do agree in that the obsession is a, can be a bit like overwhelming, like just run motion every play and you'll score every play. And we've seen the Dolphins that it can get stale because almost it, it's meant to be unpredictable. And sometimes it's almost mm-hmm. not unpredictable with the Dolphins because you know it's happening. I think the best kind of motion is where you do it for a specific purpose on a specific play. So I'll give you a couple of examples and we can talk about a few of them. We won't go too long because we will talk about pass game next week. Um, but here's an example that I saw all the time. And this is just a simple fly motion um, that I've linked to you. This is just, this is like Dolphin style before the Dolphins are around. CD Lamb runs a fly motion and CD Lamb doesn't actually even get the ball here. And I think he should, but Dak misses him. And he runs a route while he's running. Now, spoiler alert, I don't care what you think of motion, like whether you think it's good, bad. A guy running a route when he's already running Guess what, Shane? is good because he runs faster because he's already moving. Um, it's, you haven't got to be brain of Britain here. Uh, sorry, Elliot, to figure that one out. Um, but he is running faster. And what this does is you essentially get to the sideline quicker. Like, I mean, I'm not I'm not speaking a foreign language here. If you watch CD Lamb run the route, he is hits the sideline quickly. And well, what does that mean as a defense? You have to get that you have to get horizontal quickly. What does that then often create more in the middle of the field? Space. There are loads of examples of this, Shane, on film. There are loads of examples of throws to the middle of the field using motion. As I said, we're not going to go through every single one today. Um, but basically, he is trying to create space inside. Sometimes the motion looks like it's actually going outside, and then it comes inside. Um, he throws a lot of posts, and we're going to talk more about that last uh, next week. But I'm just going to link you to a couple more posts, Shane. Um, there's one that I really like here. That wasn't a pun, uh, linking you to a post, by the way. Um, I've done a couple of them today that are shocking, but they weren't deliberate, I promise. Um, this is another one where <laughs> CD Lamb is moving. And what it does, basically, I think the Bengals bust this coverage. I watched this play, Shane, 
I don't want to know how many times I watch this. I try to figure out what the Bengals are running. And I, I don't really understand if it's like a dodgy form of quarters gone wrong or cover three. I don't really know. I think they don't basically signal the change they're meant to do when motion happens. But essentially, you get a safety come across to cover CD Lamb. And he's just not set. Like, he's just so far outside because he's seen Lamb run a lot of routes to the outside. And I'll, there are a lot, there's a lot of examples of this. Lamb's already gone. Like, Lamb is flying. If you can get downfield half a second quicker in NFL when the pressure is going to get to you quickly, that's hugely important. And this is not rocket science, what we're looking at here. This is just a way you can use motion to give your guys a head start. Like, there's lots of different ways of running motion. I'm talking about the most basic sense here in the world, which is just simply um, create space inside. Um, I've got to show this one, Shane, before I give you a chance to come in on what I've said, um, just because it's the same thing. Like there's a great quote from Kellen Moore, who I put, got this in my article, but I can't remember it now classically, where he says something like, our aim is to do the same thing, um, but make it dress it up in different ways. Like look at this play. It's a hell of a throw, by the way, by Herbert. But it's the same. It's more of a shift than like a fly motion. And it's a different guy who runs the post, but it's creating, look at the Raiders having to change who's covering who. They're signaling it last minute. They're frantically like moving around. And the guy's just in a bad position. And that gap between outside corner or safety and middle of the field safety enables that post route. And I actually had more clips. That I didn't tweet because I uh, it was getting late. And um, there's another one. There's another example of just a down the field post. And it's not the way they use motion is to basically stress you horizontally. Now, they can just throw it horizontally. Like they can just check it down. You might be watching all this thinking, well, why do they then not just not sort of get horizontal as defense because they do just sometimes throw it straight to the guy out wide and there's a great example um of a clip with the charges where they just run uh motion and he keen Allen just comes straight free against man coverage i'll link it now actually i know i said i let you chime, chime in after that one but i'll link you one more so this is why you have to stri- you have to get horizontal because um essentially sometimes they might just do this they might just motion the guy across and just throw it straight to him and you have to basically cover every blade of grass horizontally and that creates space in the middle. The other thing I like about this play is the good thing motion does as well is motion is brilliant against man coverage. It's basically like this, which is why um, we see more like zone match and stuff around the league um, because it basically helps prevent stuff like this. But that means if you run motion on this play and they do match it off, just throw it to someone else. You said earlier on about every play having an answer. That's just what motion gives you. It just gives you more answers. It gives it poses the defense more questions and it gives you more answers. Now, you said they don't want it, but does put stress on the quarterback. There's a very famous quote about Peyton Manning not liking motion very much because the defense changed. He didn't want the defense to change. He knew exactly what they were doing. Not every coach quarterback has to love motion, but if you're not using it, you're just missing out. Like when you think about the Eagles last year, they didn't use hot routes, they couldn't play against the blitz, they didn't use motion, and made it under center run game. And you start to think. Well, you'd love to game plan about against that because there's only so many things you can do. The best offenses will do different things. Yes, you have your staples, but they do different things. And I think motion will enable the Eagles to do something different. Now, regardless of whatever they do with outside zone, inside zone, um, under center, whatever, they will run motion next year, 100%. Otherwise, Kellen Moore might as well literally not be there. That will 100, 100% uh, be a change um, to next year. Um, I've got a couple more clips I wanted to show before I do, and, and then we'll finish up. Is there anything in particular of those ones you wanted to add? Um, because I've waffled a while there, but sorry, Elliot made me mad. So uh, I thought I'd respond. Yeah, I have to. I have to come up with a good re- reply here at some point. Maybe I'll help you get you to help me workshop that off the air. But uh, yeah, again, it's it, it's not motion for the sake of motion. 
it's not under center for the sake of under center. There are tools at your disposal. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like saying, it'd be like saying the tush push is good for the Eagles. So every team should run it. Now I think every team should be running that more, but we've seen other teams run it and it just doesn't look the same because they don't utilize it correctly. And it's like that with motion, just sending a guy across the formation doesn't do anything. And if you want proof of that, watch the Eagles down the stretch last year. They did that and it was, it did nothing. And, you know, I put out all 22 clips showing that this guy just, he's not even doing anything. He's not a decoy. It's just motion for the sake of motion. And I agree that that's bad, uh, but it does just give you, like I said, another tool at your disposal. Um, if you utilize it correctly and Kellen Moore is a guy that knows how to utilize it correctly. And um, there's really, there's really no reason not to use it. I'm not saying the Eagles should be a top 10 team in motion rate next year. I would expect them to be a little bit closer to league average though. And I think you're going to see that it does wonders for a guy like Devonte Smith, uh, who's such a good route runner by getting him free releases in the slot. And I also just don't know how you can watch like the Eagles defense react to motion and not think that it would be helpful to have somebody that knows how to do it running the offense. So, uh, I guess I don't have a lot else to say on motion. I guess it's great that we've got Eagles beat reporters still out here thinking that motion is a bad thing. Somehow. Yeah. And it's just like, um, there's one other thing I wanted to show you, but it's what we said. Like it's try. I mean, you don't have to run every play, but as we said, and in fact, you don't want to run every play because it can be predictable and it, and it can, but that, it gives receivers a chance to get off a line of scrimmage. It can give them a head start. Like even the most basic form of motion in the world, Forget the whole like idea of look around the league and look at like zone match and Fangio and how you have to react to things on the fly. Like players, oh, what do we do now? The passing strips change. Like forget all the technical stuff, just basic stuff. Um, this was my favorite play. So I wanted to end with this one because um, it's a great example of motion. Um, it is one where I'm convinced, and again, I don't know. I'm convinced this is pure film study about how the Lions play stuff. So the other thing about motion we mentioned, it gives you more answers to the test. So there is a fantastic clip of um, the um, uh, Cowboys. Sorry, it is the Cowboys, isn't it? Checking my own film. Like, yeah, the Cowboys in the red zone. And they're right on the goal line. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is so good. Because basically what they've done here, and if you pause it, Shane, at the beginning, is they've sent a tight end out. Um, so now they're in like a, uh, what is it, 22 personnel. Uh, so 22 personnel. Um, is it 22 personnel or is it? Is It, it looks like tw- maybe... Is it 13 personnel? Is this a tight end or a fullback? Yeah, good question. I mean, he's playing like a fullback, but he almost looks like, um, yeah, there's two, what is it, two backs, three tight ends? Um, It's 23. Anyway, so it's very aggressive. Then they motion another guy out. And basically, um, all they're trying to do here is I'm convinced now, if you pause it now, Shane, um, just a slight bit back for those of you, um, sorry, watching. Basically, they've obviously worked out that they send a running back in motion across the formation, which a lot of teams do. And I'm almost certain this is film study. They have realized that what the Lions do is they pass off this. So remember the example I showed you earlier on where they just threw it straight to Keenan Allen. Very easy because you just motion it, you throw it to the guy. Uh, man coverage can't handle it. So what do the Lions do? They do the sensible thing. Okay, we're not going to run with him because he's got a head start. We'll switch it off. Perfect. So the outside cornerback, if you play it now, and just now covers the running back perfectly. So the ball can't go there. But that means that the guy who has been, and if you're watching this, it helps. If you're not, I'll try and explain it the very best. The guy who is running from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen, he was covering the guy in motion. He's now passed off that route, and he now has to take the tight end. So what do they do? They run the tight end back the other way. 
So that defender is running straight across the formation and then has to do a complete 180 and turn and go in the exact opposite direction. And that's just a great example of what motion can do. It's so clever. And this is game planning. They have re- they basically know that the Lions have watched Phil and I'm sure they've thrown it to the running back here before. So the Lions think we're being clever. Aha, uh-huh, we've worked you. See, that flat completely taken away. Um, so what does Kellimore do? If he knows that you're a team that passes routes off, then he knows he can use motion to attack you. Like that's just good coaching. You see what the defense is doing. You see how they're playing you and then you react to it. Um, and that's not some like amazing thing about motion. That's just like really good coaching. Lots of coaches do that. It's not just Kellen Moore. Um, but if you don't use it, you don't have that answer. The Eagles didn't have plays like that last year because they didn't just they didn't use it at all. So it totally limited what they were able to do. Um, so I am excited about motion, not because I think it's the best thing in the world, but I think it's an area of the toolbox that Kellen Moore is skilled at. He has got proof that he is good at, by the way. He doesn't just run it. Um, if you look at some of his numbers, like when they use motion, um, the success rate, they're very high. Like I think his Cowboys offenses um, were like very, very good uh, when they use motion. I think they were top 10 in 2021 um, and they used it like at a high rate, especially in the past game. So they're getting somebody who knows how to use motion effectively. And I, I just can't see any way that that's not a big part of the Eagles offense next year. Yeah, um, the... Uh, as best I can tell, looking at grainy numbers, I think that's 23 personnel. I think it was Tony Pollard that was releasing to the flat, uh, and it was three tight ends. So I think that was actually 23 personnel. Uh, although I could be wrong, it's really hard uh, on grainy footage sometimes to figure out who's who. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty much me done, Shane. Um, I think we've covered a lot, and that was like part one. So next week, uh, we are going to get into Blitz. So if you're worried about how the Eagles going to handle the Blitz, I've got a lot on Kellen Moore for that. Um, we're also going to talk about like vertical uh, shots and also things like how we use his quad formations, trips, like four fast, four strong. We've got quite a lot of good stuff still to come. Uh, my article is now out yet, so it's a good chance the podcast is out before. Um, but yeah, the two go hand in hand very nicely as always. Um, yeah. Yeah. So next week, uh, that's a lot of running game and philosophy stuff. Next week, we're going to get into, like Johnny mentioned, quick game and blitz. Uh how they dial up vertical shots, uh, some of the packaging and sequencing things that he does, as well as like some of his favorite formations, which is like quad formations and trips things. And then we'll talk kind of generally overall what what our ultimate thoughts are about the hire uh, and what we expect next year. So like Johnny said, part one, uh, he's going to have articles out as well. So make sure you check those out. You'll be able to see the clips that we showed here and more in his articles. It's on his film thread as well. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of On the Shane page. Uh, if you enjoyed this breakdown of the Kellen Moore offense, uh, be sure to give this video a like on YouTube. Those thumbs up helps us get it out to more people. Make sure you're subscribed to the BGN radio podcast so you get all the episodes that will come out on the BGN feed. Johnny and I will be back next week to break down a little more of the passing concepts for the Kellen Moore offense and talk about what you can expect. We'll catch you guys next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. 
high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.